Hi, and welcome to Western Rite Conversations, a podcast where two friends and converts discuss living their Orthodox faith in an unorthodox world. Here are your hosts, Karen and Stephanie. Okay, so this is what I had in mind for today, that we would talk about how we came to orthodoxy, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Like a little journey from the cradle to the orthodox church. Right. Do you want to go first? (laughs) (laughs) Or we could just start with baptism. Where were you baptized? Okay, um, I was baptized into the Baptist church. Um, staring at you. <laughs> Normally, I don't look straight at you when we're talking. Did you ever notice that? What's that? I don't look straight at you when we're talking. Oh, no, because we're usually, like, walking. We're usually walking. Okay, I need to turn away from you. Okay. It feels awkward staring at your face. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, you were baptized. <laughs> I was baptized in the Baptist church. Um, and, I mean, that's all I've known my entire life. I don't recall life outside of the church. So, um, yeah, that's where I began. How about you? Uh, I was baptized, <clears throat> same here, uh, into the Roman Catholic Church. My parents both grew up in Roman Catholic households, mm-hmm. and then they were not married in the Roman Catholic Church, however. But I was baptized as a baby mm. in the Roman Catholic Church, and... My dad's family being Italian, it's like a big to-do, you know, when the baby gets baptized, everybody comes. Yeah, very cultural. And I don't have a lot of, I'm trying to think, like, what are my first church memories? Really weren't until maybe first or second grade. Okay. I have have an image in my mind of my baptism from looking at pictures. Right. But then I have, the, the church memories really wouldn't start until probably first or second grade with going to church on Sundays and CCD and things like that. Right. Well, that's a very interesting thing you brought up about remembering your baptism from pictures, which is we've talked, we've talked about memory and how pictures influence that, but that's a whole nother conversation we can have. But, (laughs) but, um, um, I remember, I definitely remember being baptized. Pictures are not necessary for that because we'll, in the Baptist church, it's a conversion moment. Right. So you you decide, you make that conscious decision. And as in most Protestant churches, you decide mm-hmm. that you are to make a conscious, conscious decision to accept Christ and to have a life with Christ. And then you are, and then you're baptized. So prior to that... Um, so how old were you? Nine. So prior to that... Um, your most children, babies, um, as they come into the church, are blessed or okay. dedicated to the Lord by the family, and you know. And then you're baptized when you make that that decision. And you can make that decision at three. You could make that decision at mm-hmm. twelve. I know there are some some folks who want to make sure that a child is able to make that decision. Yep. Right. So, after baptism, let's jump ahead a little bit. So, mm-hmm. you're nine, I was a baby, whatever. Right. right. Now, what was your experience like in the church when, say, you were 
middle school, high school age? Um, regularly attending church, being involved in different ministries, um, youth group, choir, ushering, uh, Bible study, uh, Sunday school. Um, those are just all different, right, different activities, but different ways of strengthening your life or, or having a life in the Christian community or life in Christ. How was your relationship with God during that time? personal it's interesting I think it was so was it a social club to some extent not, or only, not for me only or like you know what I mean you know you can get you can get caught up in just like going to church church activities sure but you also were personally developing your faith yes and I, I think the relationship we could talk about that too later but I think that came from home life because um, that was a part of home studying scripture, um, having a, a Bible study of sorts, or, or having um, a lesson, a Bible lesson. Um, grew up with that at home, and prayer, and... Um, Which I just read today in the book that you lent me. Yes. Um, Stephanie lent me a book called Becoming a Healing Presence. Um, actually, it might not have been in that book. I can't remember. I read so much. <laughs> I want to say it was that book because it's fresh in my mind. Where the author is saying how vitally important parents' role is yes. in developing the faith. Yes. And which, you know, we know and we've talked about, but he's saying exactly what you just said. Mm-hmm. Like, what keeps the child's faith alive and growing. That could have been 99% of it, unfortunately, or fortunately, falls on the responsibility and the shoulders of the parents. Right. And right. yes, we bring them to church. Yes, they receive the sacraments. Mm-hmm. And that's hugely powerful obviously god is more powerful than us but we can't ever minimize that role and the church community is really important in the spiritual formation of every person convert new you know child in the church um but it is like for children it is essential that the family the home life is a model yes that of what takes place in the church um that's like the parent that's like I smoke, but don't smoke. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. go to church, right. but I don't. Right. Like, you have to. It has to be an active living faith that you model to your kids. Yeah. 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 I, I, and I, I have to be thankful for, I, I feel like, um, you know, my home life wasn't perfect. And, and, and I, I'm sure no one's is. But um, I, I can say that I, that was modeled at home. And That's awesome. I, and I can appreciate that. I mean, yeah. Yeah, if, if that's the takeaway from that time, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Right. Prayer and um, knowing God through studying the scripture and, mm-hmm. and being a part of the community of the church, being mm-hmm. a part of the community of Christ. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes me wish our community was bigger for our kids. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Okay, so my middle school, high school, that was, I did not have parents who modeled faith for me. Church was important for my mother. She had tremendous respect for the church. She grew up in Catholic school. She mm-hmm. went to Catholic school for 12 years. So obviously that becomes an influence. And she, Absolutely. And so she had respect for the role of church in its rightful place I guess which was 
on the fringe of life. Um, but in terms of like a personal relationship, no. But she would take us when we were kids. I made my first communion in the Roman Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And then we left. And she took us to the Episcopal Church. Mm. And that, what happened there was one of my first like visible God moments. Like God became a wow. real thing. I didn't, you know, I did not know who God was prior to that in any way, shape, Mm -hmm. or form. We went to, so so funny, we go to the Episcopal Church, and everybody there is so friendly. They absolutely had a community Mm -hmm. of believers, you know, the families were spending time together. They did all these things. It was like that community that you want, completely different from the church that we had come from, where it was very kind of cold, go through the motions sort of thing. Right. And we walked in, and I noticed right when we when you come in, there was um, just a huge area to hang up your coats, and it was full of coats. Everybody took their coats off and hung it up. And right. I looked, and I was like, are we going to hang our coats up? <laughs> like, what is going on here? And my mother was like, no, don't hang your coat up. Like, leave Because in the Roman Catholic Church, you don't hang your coats up. If you ever noticed that, Roman Catholics don't take their coats off. You go in, you keep your coat on the entire time, and you immediately go back to the car. No, (laughs) it's not. So I was like, this is wild. Like, the people here, to me, taking your coat off is like, you're going to stay a while. And you're at home. Yeah. You feel comfortable. You're comfortable. Yeah. You're not just popping in for a visit. You're going to be here, and you're going to be with these people. So I was like, hmm, something's different here. And... I think eventually we did take our coats off because we just didn't want to like stick out like sore thumbs. <laughs> and even afterwards, as friendly as the people were, my mother was just uncertain in her faith. And I think she felt funny not being part of the Catholic Church anymore because that was what she had always known. And I can remember church would be over. And of course, people are like, oh, you're the new people and they want to talk to you. And right. um, they would stay and they would have fellowship. And we would get the green light from her to like, run to the donut table and meet her at the car. <laughs> I can remember doing like oh tucks God. and rolls to get a donut and then get get out of there. <laughs> so, and but eventually we settled in and started doing like CCD classes there. And so then I was in eighth grade, 14 years old, making my confirmation. In the Episcopal Church. In the Episcopal Church. And that is when everything changed for me. Like, I needed a sponsor, and so we had a woman from the church that we really didn't know all that well, but mm-hmm. knew enough, I guess, my mother asked her to be my sponsor. And so she was with me through the whole process, mm-hmm. the classes and everything that you have to do, community mm-hmm. service, and we stayed overnight at, I think it was in New York, it was some cathedral. Well, like a retreat center or something? Yeah, it was a church, it uh-huh. was like this big cathedral. And then we went and we visited um, elders from the church. Wow. And in her... Through her, I had these experiences, and I was like, oh, my gosh, God, it's like something's there. Like, yes. those seeds were planted. I remember she took me to this elderly couple's home. They had been members of the church forever, and I think they might have been homebound at this point. Right. And they were talking to me about faith in a living way, and I was oh, like, what is up? And they were talking about speaking in tongues. Wow. It was just crazy. And, yeah, and I and my mother at that point, she'll probably still remember, she's like, we thought you were going to become a nun. Like, all of a sudden, you just became crazy about church. Like, you didn't want to miss oh, it. Oh, 
And I was really involved. There was also a really, really, really cute boy. So that was a big (laughs) motivator. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I don't mind doing the youth activities. Um, But no, I'm so grateful. I remember her name was Debbie, and she had a real faith, and she definitely planted seeds there. That's so huge. Which is awesome. And then immediately after being confirmed, I stopped going to church. (laughs) I might have gone for like a couple more years, but there that foundation was not well established already and so as i got a little older and then my brother and sister made their confirmation and my mother kind of stopped going and so we didn't have that accountability so like, okay, confirmed all right all done yeah and that was that <laughs> interesting so i didn't go back to church for 10 years but what i what, what was going on with debbie was beautiful yeah because right there is something that I, I, again you know trying to remember where I got this from. I know I was just talking about um, discipling and how important it is. I mean, Mm -hmm. that is our call. Go out and make disciples, right? And um, that, and if if you're a Christian, that's what we do. Yeah. So that's a part of our, our makeup. That's a part of we, we need to be somebody's Debbie. Exactly. And if you haven't been somebody's Debbie, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Right. Especially for her, like she didn't know us and she literally took me under her spiritual wing. Yeah. And yeah. and she for whatever way reason, she was able to get through to me. I mean, obviously God was you know, unveiling things, but he used her in a way to be like, knock knock, baby, open right. that door. Right. Right. That's I'd love so... to find her now. I don't know. I know. She, I know. You know, thank cool. her for that. Yes. time that she took. Um, we might have been talking about that in Benedictine, talking about discipling others and just and how important that is, and that's that's who we are as Christians. And um, gosh, we're not good at this. We need to get we need to up our game. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Oh All right, God. so we need to continue on how we came to Orthodox Church because we're, okay. we'll get so sidetracked. Yeah, well, well I mean, that's something else we can talk about. Later. Yes. But definitely discipleship is really important. And um, So Stephanie has been um, a Jesus lover her whole life. Good for her. Uh, <laughs> not me. I don't know. No, it's, it's been, you know, You've those, never been wayward. No, absolutely. There's, there's hills and valleys in that. Yes, but, but, I mean, but you've always been walking with the Lord. Yes, there's hills and valleys. Mm-hmm. You didn't take a decade-long hiatus like I did. And just throw yourself into complete and total debauchery. It didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't happen. I don't know. Where, where, where do you draw the line with debauchery? I mean, it's like, it's like if I wasn't walking with him, you know, walking, or if I wasn't living a Christian life, by whose standards, you know? By yeah. what standards I guess it's, it? what I'm thinking more is like the... the you always knew. There was always a connection. There was always, always a consciousness. That, yeah. I was in church every Sunday. Right. <laughs> Not that that means anything, but but definitely I recognized how important that was in my life, to be a part of the community of Christ, you know. Um, yeah, see, and that's nice. The community of Christ scared me. It was scary to me. Because people are scary. No, I think... Right? <laughs> I don't, I don't want this to sound like I'm not blaming my mother, but because she wasn't comfortable, I, I played off her energy. And sure. I was like, there's something here sure. that's not quite right. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't fully immerse myself and I didn't see the value in it. And honestly, I thought they were weird. Mm-hmm. And then when I met my husband and his mother was part of this like really connected community, 
they just seemed so weird to me. I was like, these people are not normal people. Cultish. I there was like this huge chasm that I just couldn't bridge. Right. I'm not a part of this. I don't feel connected to this. I'm not a part of this. They all have something that I clearly don't have, but Mm -hmm. I didn't even want it. In a lot of ways, it was like Mm. repulsive to me. But you didn't want it. Why didn't you want it? I don't know. It seems strange and weird. It was was very unrelatable. Maybe because I was dropped into their space versus one or two trickling into my life and sort of like wooing me in. But when you just get dropped in it and you're surrounded by it, you're like, whoa. Right. It was intense. Yeah. So I never saw the value like you did in being connected that way until now. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Um, Well, I mean, like I I said, it's it's all I've ever known. Um, And there's those points where I was in my home church, you know, the church that I, I was born into. Right. Cradle Baptist, as I was. Um, and uh, there's, I don't know, I, it, there's, there is something to it. Um, I had great teachers, I think mm-hmm. I like my Sunday school teacher. Um, at least my high school Sunday school teacher, I think, was amazing. And still holds me accountable today. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, so it's like, and that accountability. Oof. That accountability is huge. Having that iron sharpens iron. Amen, sister. Amen. So that, I think that's really important. And I had that. I had that in college, Mm. being a part of um, Christian Fellowship. Mm -hmm. Um, Had that just in, in, I always was in a a church. So I think that like that's, having that connection is important. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just floundering about like I was. Or, or flying, yeah, and kind of independent and not having, but that is the importance of, of fellowship. Yeah. Even though we're people and we are all flawed and human, having that connection through Christ. I don't know what I'd do without you. I would, it would be tough. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> really? Like, yeah. Without each other. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, the whole body, but the ones that you really connect with too, mm-hmm. on a more personal friendship, deeper level, is right. like. I mean, if I just stopped going to church, there'd be people out looking for me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Where? What are you? <laughs> is going on? Like, I couldn't get away with it. Right. Which is sometimes when you want to, when you've been in that, you're like, man, I wish I had never formed these friendships. I wish these people I, would stop they, looking for I me. Could go away. I'd be free. Yeah. I could get out of this. I should have been one of those people that could stand on the fringe. I could just like <laughs> slip out the back door and nobody would notice. But no, it's the best thing ever. You need that. So, fast forward to where, where are you? how we came to orthodoxy. Okay. Which is such a wild and crazy journey. It is. That we took together. Yes! <laughs> in a, well, to a point. Yeah, no, it it is. I mean, from your journey through um, where we met, right? Like when we first when we met each other, mm-hmm. we didn't know, but we were at that point beginning a journey to orthodoxy together. Yeah, even though neither one of us knew. Right. So what happened was I woke up one day. This was like a few months after I had had my daughter. You know, most people you hear stories of 
oh, they hit rock bottom, you know, mm-hmm. all these things where right. they just, they have to, they finally have to turn towards Christ. Right. I have to say at that time, I felt, I felt like at that time, everything in my life was fine. You know, I was married, I had a house, right. I just had my child, like things were good. Mm-hmm. Nothing. You had, a, you had a good life. Yeah, it was a good life. And I, so there's no, there was nothing really driving me or pressing me. And I woke up one morning, I remember looking out the window, I could see the sun coming in, which is so funny because the sun to me is God. (laughs) But I remember looking at the sun and just kind of seeing the sun coming through the blinds. And I thought to myself, just quietly in the recess of my mind, I should go to church. Wow. And so I got up and like looked for a church and that was it. Like, I'm just, I just remember saying, oh, I think I'm gonna go to church on Sunday. Okay, so... Like, it's just so random, out of the blue. <laughs> so... <laughs> um, that began your journey back. Correct. So I'll make it really quick. So I I was waitressing at the time. Right, right. And there was a, a born-again Christian there that I worked with. Yes. There's two. Mm-hmm. And... I remember stalking them and asking them a bunch of questions. I remember you telling me the story. Yeah. Yeah. And one of them said to me, just go to church. Because I said, I think I need to go to church. Uh And so she suggested I find a non-denominational church. That was her recommendation. She's like, you know, you don't know what you are, what you want, or all these things. Just go to a non-denominational church. That's great advice, I think. That's not what I would say, but... Well, I mean, now... No, yes, yes. And, and knowing what I know now, no, obviously... And she didn't say... force me to go to her church. She just said, just go. No. Okay, so right. fine. So there's a little church right up the road for me, and it, they were... I went, I went... I brought my mother, and I had the baby. She was strapped to my chest. Yeah. Tiny little church in a small town. I went in, I went to church, and I was just like, okay, I know I definitely need to be in church. This yes. is good. And it, it was like two or three Sundays before Easter and they made an announcement that they were going to do a sunrise Easter service. Awesome. This family who lives on a mountain who come to find out, I ended up knowing they have this big deck and every Easter they go and they do a sunrise service on the deck. They start, you know, before the sun comes up and they do some prayers or whatever. And then the sun comes up, blah, blah, blah. It's Easter. Sounds gorgeous. So I was like, I have to go. I just knew I had to go. And I remember being like, Mom, we have to go. We have to go. We're getting up at like 5. We have to go to this. And so she was fine with it. She wanted to come. So we go, and we're standing on the deck, and it's just this big field, and off in the distance is trees. And I don't even remember a thing that was said. I don't even remember who was there. I remember nothing other than I could cry thinking about it. Wow. The sun came up. (laughs) It was amazing. Over the top of the trees. And it was like... (sighs) I literally saw Jesus Christ in that moment, like the way the sun just broke. And I was like, oh my gosh, something is not the same. Like I'm never going to be the same again. It was incredible. And I was like, that's it. That's it. Like everything just was different for me. That's beautiful. It was amazing. And so every time I see the sun, I like think of him. Like still, I, and I'll say to you, like, did you see the sunrise this morning? Did you see the sunrise? Yeah, yeah, yes, like, yes, yes. And I'm just like, it's him, it's him, he's there. He's like shining right. down on me. And right. it's so funny because it was the sun that came through the blinds. Right. And that, that I turned to and saw. Yeah. It was amazing, though. That moment I was like, things are never going to be the same for me. And so then I went back to work and I started stalking those two born-again Christians. <laughs> I was like, tell me this, tell me that. What about right. dinosaurs? Like, explain it all. <laughs> <laughs> but what about, but what about? Yeah. And so... One of them was having a women's group at her house, and I was like, I need to go. I need to go. And she wasn't inviting me. 
she was just like mentioning it and i remember cornering her and and she was kind of like what is up with this chicken i was like i need to go to your house so i go to her house and that's where i met you Oh my goodness. Yeah. So Stephanie was the one you were stalking. Stephanie was like, the one I was stalking. <laughs> the other Stephanie. Yep. And she was kind of like, okay, chick, you can come to my house if you want. The first and one. yeah. And I went and she was playing a Joyce Meyer video. Ah, yes. <laughs> and it was all, it was like pretty hardcore. <laughs> right. And I remember thinking, yes, <laughs> this is exactly what I need to hear right now. Right. So, Smackdown from Joyce Meyer. <laughs> right? Seriously. Which is so funny because I don't even listen to Joyce Meyer anymore. <laughs> I know. So I meet you. Yeah. And I remember joined you. your church. Yes. Which at the time was the Charismatic Episcopal Church. That's right. Yeah. And so together we were part of that church for... Um, so Mia was born in 2005. So I started going in 2006. Mm-hmm. We became Orthodox in 2008. So two years... So it wasn't that, I remember it wasn't that long because wow. we it were wasn't. together for that church for maybe like a year to a year and a half. Mm-hmm. We were part of that church. And then our priest came and to us. And we met, that's where Stephanie got married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So our journey of our church is like just crazy because it we is. meet in one building. Yes. We move to another building. Yes. And our priest says, our pastor at the time says mm-hmm. to us, I can't be part of this church anymore. Right. We're either going to Rome or we're going to Orthodoxy, and right. I'm going to Orthodoxy. Right. So the whole parish just gets this bomb dropped on them. Because at the right. time, we're doing, like, <laughs> praise and worship music, and, yes. you know, we don't have right. communion. I don't even right. remember what we were we doing. We did have, I thought we only had it, like, once a month, though. I don't remember. Right. I have no memory of that. Mm. But it was praise and worship. There yes. was a guitar. Right. And. But we were sacramental. We were somewhat sacramental. Mm-hmm. So our priest says to us, yeah, we're, I'm, <laughs> I'm becoming Orthodox, and basically I'm taking all of you with me that want to come. That's right. You can, and you can right. either come, you can go somewhere else, but we're not staying here. Well, there were a lot of, I mean, yeah, there were, the decision to be made was, you know. It was a bomb, I'm not going to lie. It was. When it went off. It was. Well, sure, I mean, <laughs> because he... And it's, it's particularly if you just came into our church. So I was like, what? We have to give up the screen we... with the words on it? <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I, to, I mean, to make a long story, a super long Small story, story yeah. like reasonably short, mm-hmm. he educated all of us right. on the history of the church, the schism, the fathers, everything about orthodoxy. Right. And was like, do you want to make this Orthodoxy 101. Orthodoxy 101. We all sat mm-hmm. through the classes together to right. be fully aware of what right. he, what it was he was asking us to do. And then so little by little and so painfully starting to convert our service mm-hmm. slowly right. to become an Orthodox. Right. And that one was oh kicking gosh. and screaming. Like, yes, it was. You know, because I remember him saying, it's going to look the same. It's really going to look the same. It's not going to look much different. Wait, what's this incense? Yeah. And it was just, yeah. And we did lose quite a few people along that transition in, mm-hmm. you know. And then, right. I mean, I guess we were at that point under the the arch, or the diocese of right. being Orthodox. Right. But we still hadn't been chrismated yet. Correct. Oh, yeah. We were an Orthodox right. church, but none of us were orthodox right. yet 
Right. So I can imagine how people who were Orthodox, like cradle Orthodox, like how they looked at us. (laughs) Well, we know because we had some seminarians come to help us. Right. And they were like, whoa. They need need help. This circus ends now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they helped a lot. Thank God for them. Yeah. Because they knew what they were doing. And they were patient with us, too. They were. Mm -hmm. They were. So a whole church converts Mm -hmm. into orthodoxy. I don't know how common that Mm -hmm. is. I imagine not at all. Um, I I don't think it'd be more of an individual. Well, I think it's very common in the Western right. In the Western right. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're Western, right? Did we mention that? <laughs> <laughs> no hate mail, please. <laughs> um, because when when a church does what what we did or what our pastor did, um, you have to take a leap of faith, and you do. Mm-hmm. And so now we've been Orthodox now for ten years. Our church, St. Stephen, it was 2008. Oh, my goodness. And in that eight years, we have had, let's see, how many priests? Four different priests that I can think of. Two, three, four. How many different buildings have we been in? Five, if you include our current one. Okay, so five different buildings. We went from... Five um, pastors, priests. Okay. We include our current one. Right. Um, a, a handful of different buildings. Uh, we went from Saturdays at like three to Sundays. Buildings. So we've had different days and different times. Now we're finally, mm-hmm. and we've been consistently on Sunday morning at 930. Right. Uh, we currently don't have a priest. And we haven't had a priest for how many years? Several years. Three? We have a father. Four. We have a deacon. Yes. But he's not a priest. Right. We don't have our own building. Right. We're tiny. <laughs> we're hanging on. No, right. we're doing good. Yeah. But it's just yeah. like, when you think about our parish compared to like some of the well-established Orthodox parishes in right. our diocese, mm-hmm. it's like night and day. Just in terms of the history right. of the church and everything about it. Yeah. But here we are. Yes. <laughs> so now we have to discuss going forward in future podcasts. Mm-hmm. What it's like for you and I living in today's world as Western Rite converts. Like living that faith. Western Rite Orthodox converts. Mm-hmm. So much to talk about. <laughs> There's so much to talk about. Uh-huh, there is. <laughs> is there anything you want to add? Yeah. Um, I will say, and we can keep this or we can edit it out. <laughs> um, I will say that on my journey, there was always, and I feel incredibly blessed to have been a part of a Christian community throughout my entire walk. Um, but throughout, I've always sought to worship God the way he called us to worship him. 
not necessarily the way we felt comfortable or was or what I felt best suited me and my needs and my family. Our family always sought to worship God in the way he calls us to worship him. And that was always what I sought in every worship experience or circumstance um, or in, in every community was to seek his will and to, to obey it, to hear it. Mm. Um, and I think that's one of the over our overarching um, Themes, one of the overarching themes that ran through every community that I was in. And I'm not saying that the community I was in was wrong. What I'm saying is that that's what I saw. That's the desire. Yes, it was a desire of my heart, the desire of our hearts, always. So do you feel like... And I felt like the, through the journey I was constantly being led that way. And now you've arrived. I'm home. You're home. I think it's safe to say we both feel exceedingly blessed and grateful to be part of the Orthodox Church. Mm-hmm. And like, holy cow, how did I ever get here? <laughs> I know. Like, it's amazing. It's amazing. Right. I think about my life like, wow, God took me where I was and brought mm-hmm. me to the Orthodox Church. Like, all yes. things are possible. Yeah. And I feel so humbled by it and just so awesome. Right. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Absolutely. Ever. <laughs> it, like, though, and, and so to talk about like when we were chrismated the majority of the parish did it together yes right and i wasn't there and the spiritual battle was on it was on like i was doing everything in my power even though i was gung-ho about it and i was in agreement and i had learned everything i needed to know and i was like yes this is absolutely where we should be there shouldn't be any other churches this is it but when it came time to like take those vows Whew. That was tough. Well, it's like getting married, it's right? It's like getting married. I feel more connected to the Orthodox Church, more married to the Orthodox Church That's than right. I do to my husband. Yes. Mm-hmm. I right. cannot ever leave that church, and that church will never leave me. Right. Ever. It's a commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like refused together. Yeah. But it's good. Mm-hmm. It's the way it should be. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Marriage, marriage with God, mm. marriage with the church. Right. Because mm-hmm. of that quote, I love that quote. Who, Whoever doesn't have the church for his mother does not have God for his father. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Okay. <laughs> Till next time. <laughs> Till next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Blessed are thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. All saints and martyrs, to preach the Lamb of God, and like lambs were slain, and are now translated to eternal life that knows no hate. Pray fervently to him that he may grant us the forgiveness of our sins.
Sorrow, bearing the cross as a yoke and follow.